We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Exciting week here at Rotoviz. It is the 2024 Rookie Guide on the horizon, right here. Maybe even by the time listening to this, maybe possible to have a copy for yourself to look through. We're going to give a preview today to talk through some of the prospects in the guide. We're going to talk about what Sean Blair, Curtis, and Dave have done to put the guide together. I'm excited for this one, Sean. You know, I dropped a quick kind of 10 minute. Uh, conversation with myself basically on Monday to talk through what people wanted over the course of the offseason from Rotoviz overtime but I did talk on that about you know there is no offseason we are into the draft season we're into prospect season the combine and I think once the guide is here we are really on that path and I know you and the guys that I mentioned a moment ago have been working very very hard behind the scenes including the summit which you have your discussions to make sure everything is going to be perfect for the guide itself so so much to talk through but before we get into the guide itself going to hype the guide up a little bit 98 player profiles in the guide rankings and tiers in the guide there's mock drafts in the guide and people always want sleepers sean there's sleepers conversations in the guide so volume one drops this week that is basically your pre-combine episode not episode (laughs) volume off the guide there's three volumes in total then you get the post combine then you get the nfl draft 1999 gets you access to all of those there will be a link in today's show notes to be able to go over there and make your purchase if you wish to do so i would highly recommend it but sean the listeners will not let me off the hook without asking you one question we did not do a show post super bowl i was on vacation at that time the chiefs won the super bowl in dramatic circumstances with possibly the most clutch quarterback of all time a guy who does not really He's lost in the postseason, but he doesn't lose very often in the postseason. Patrick Mahomes getting another ring, him and Andy Reid, along with Travis Kelsey, solidifying their credentials towards the Hall of Fame. <laughs> How was the Super Bowl for you, Sean? I'm, I'm sure the end of it was truly joyous, but I, I asked you this before we started recording. I'm sure there was a, a little bit of stress during that game as they were behind for quite a portion of it. Yeah, you try and handle your stress and anxiety in a variety of different ways. And one of them, and this, you know, may be anathema to an extent for 
you know, sports fans, but just to try and keep in mind, you know, how much good fortune you've already had. And it's this kind of contrast between wanting your guys and your team to build a dynasty and to get credit for the greatness. And, and in order to get credit for it, you've got to achieve it, right? So you want to achieve that and continue to move forward. At the same time, you know, you don't want to join sort of these evil empires. Uh, you certainly don't want to be mentioned with like the Los Angeles Dodgers and what they're doing to Major League Baseball. You want to be the good guys. And so part of it is that if other teams win, then other players and other fans get to experience what you've experienced. And sometimes remembering that can help with those nerves when you're going down the stretch or you're at the beginning of the game. And, you know, as Romo continued to say, you know, the Chiefs were struggling in the trenches for a while. And not only were they able to turn that around, but they were able to win the game in the battle of tactics down the stretch. And that's in no way... I don't think a criticism of or in a, an emperor has no clothes moment for Kyle Shanahan. I mean, he's one of the greatest coaches out there. One of the things that I do think has been interesting about this, and obviously you come in with just huge bias as a fan, but I mean, the Chiefs have beaten really good teams in the AFC championship games and in the Super Bowl. And you think back to you know these four recent Super Bowls, and it was really the one kind of mediocre team they faced in the Super Bowl that they lost to, and not only lost, but got hammered by. Obviously, they were dealing with some injuries. Obviously, the Buccaneers played a fantastic game. You have to give them credit for that. These two 49ers teams and the Eagles team that the Chiefs defeated, I mean, if those teams win the Super Bowl, then I think you can look at them as sort of all-time great teams. So from that perspective, you know, as a Chiefs fan, you're pretty grateful. Also, those things that you're saying about Patrick Mahomes, the things that you know you're saying and everybody's saying about Andy Reid, I mean, they're very deserving of those. And you know, for me too, you know, always think about hubris and humility and <laughs> trying to, you know, have an opinion that's an informed opinion that would I mean, we're not running these teams, so it doesn't really matter what our opinions are, but it was frustrating when the Chiefs moved Tyreek Hill and then they come back and they add some defensive pieces there was some risk there obviously the offense has struggled at times although from an efficiency perspective it probably is overstated a little bit one of the things that happens in some of these games is there are very few possessions one of the reasons that the Chiefs were able to score some points in the Super Bowl is that there were a lot of possessions right and so you know if you remove some of the possessions then that game is like 10 to 10 <laughs> but you look at this and you look at how they hit on those defensive players and what that means in terms of building their overall team. You know, you've got to give the GM, you've got to give the owner, you've got to give all of those guys an immense amount of credit for this team that they've built. Because even though it was a, a frustrating and boring and in many cases disappointing team during the course of the season, by the time they'd reached the Super Bowl, this was the best Patrick Mahomes team that they've had. And and obviously teams like this face a lot of questions in terms of retaining personnel. You know, if you're going to try and add personnel, I mean, the Chiefs, you know, desperately need to add some playmaking on offense. And there are reasons why that will be difficult just from a structural perspective with all of the salary things you have to deal with as you go and win Super Bowls. And yet, 
you know, what they have done not only allows them to have won back-to-back Super Bowls now, but they're pretty well positioned for the next decade to be in this situation where the Chiefs have been able to accomplish these things and are still positioned better for the future than the vast majority of teams out there, including the good teams, right? But there's still the possibility of more in the future. That gets you excited at the same time. You know, there is that part of you that just wants everybody to get to experience it and doesn't want it to be something where the Chiefs become the Patriots. I mean, you don't want to be the hated team and the Patriots deserve to be the hated team I, I at some they, point. They That'll might be, true be getting the there, Sean. They might be getting there. That third one might be the one where it, it all changes. Uh, you, you will see that, I'm sure, over the course. So we did see it at times so far, but when a team has success, I think it brings more uh, negativity, I think, sometimes with the positivity that they experience from other fan bases, obviously. But that is going to be a, pretty much a perfect way to sum it up to move into the draft. You mentioned that they hit on those defensive players. Well, obviously, we'll be talking on the offensive side throughout the rookie guide here, but one of the things I will give you huge props for Sean in the moment as a Kansas City Chiefs fan when they traded away Tyreek Hill you embedded a kind of live reaction to that and you mentioned that this may make the Kansas City Chiefs better and they have now won two Super Bowls in three seasons without Tyreek Hill which um, you know the, the distance traveled in terms of air yards and Patrick Mahomes' touchdowns has re- regressed dramatically in that time but that's not going to matter as they're getting the results on the field so that was one in the moment i think you know you mentioned that it it could be good for them and what the front office there have actually achieved with those picks is what has actually been able to to make that adjustment and uh you know it's a bit like a dynasty team when you're moving on those players and you're like that is a basically the perfect version of trying to perpetually reload and they they did it with moving it onto the defensive side of the ball but um we'll see what they do moving forward Sean, the guide itself, though, let's get into it. Each player that is profiled in this, you know, there's a lot of information on each one, but you are getting into the details with Sean's synopsis on each one. You get Curtis's top five profile sims. You also get the profile sims hit rate, something I think that people are going to be very interested in. And then you get Blair with the, the prospect lab scores. So there's a lot of different information in the profiles. But, Sean, I think best place to start off is to let you do the overview and maybe get in a little bit to the process and the the rookie summit as well as to what you and the guys talk about discuss to you know to give what i think is the best guide in the entire industry here for the for the draft coming up we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And obviously, we're trying to do a good job. We're biased and we like the guide. And I do have to say that I really like the guide this year. It's coming out a little bit later. Part of that was you know trying to determine exactly how we wanted to do it. But the final product is looking really cool. I have to give Curtis a lot of credit for how he's put this together. I do think that when you're Looks talking good. about rookie, I mean, yeah, you just you want the stuff to look cool too, right? And so I love what he's done with that. But the thing that I always want to be aware of when we're talking about prospects and when we're evaluating prospects is that there's so much that we don't know. And we want to be very humble in terms of as you go through the process, not feeling like there's one secret key that unlocks everything for you. Now, one of the articles that I really enjoyed and, you know, wrote about and put the skeleton key title on, you know, many, many years ago, sort of at the beginning of Rotoviz, talked about breakout age and that early production. We know that that obviously makes a huge, huge difference. It's something that we still focus on very heavily. And yet there are so many different ways that we can look at the data. And I think that painting the full and rounded picture is important. So I wrote the blurbs for this guide. If you run into anything troubling there, you know, I'm the person that you have to blame. One of the things that I, I want to say about this process is it's just so much fun for me. And we bring in with the kind of four of us who are working on it initially, we bring in different perspectives where Curtis and Dave are, you know, much more interested in college football and have kind of that background to where they're familiar with a lot of these guys. Now I play a lot of Debbie. And so I'm familiar with the players as guys coming into college. And then from a big picture perspective, understanding who the stars are as they move through, as I you know, work through these Debbie rosters, but I'm not a college football guy. I don't believe Blair's a college football guy. Blair and I are really looking at the numbers and familiarizing ourselves for the first time in a deeper way right, in a less superficial way as we kind of go through this process. And I think that there's some value to that in that you don't bring in all of these biases of believing that it's just a sure thing, that this guy's a hit, this guy's a miss, this is where they were, this is who they are. It's helpful for me, at least, to have fresh eyes and not to feel like I know everything when I come into it. I think it keeps me more, more open-minded and more interested in the information as I work through it. So that part for me was fun. And as you mentioned, we've got 90 plus players that we've profiled. Obviously we go a lot deeper into the guys who are gonna be first round picks, second round picks. Then we do the players who are expected to be undrafted free agents, but we do have some info on them as well. So I'm taking these guys, I'm looking at the Rotoviz tools, I'm looking at the Rotoviz signature metrics, but I'm also bringing in a ton of data from Sports Info Solutions which column, you know, people have loved over the last several years where that's the data that powers the advanced stat explorer, the advanced team stat explorer, the stealing signals tool, the wide receiver cornerback matchups tool that 
you know, was the backbone for the piece that Dave wrote that was so wildly popular in the in-season. It was the backbone for the piece that Blair wrote, the matchups article, kind of big picture that was so popular in-season. So I have all of that information and to work through it. And then what I did with these blurbs was to try and create a compelling picture of who that player was from how they came into college as a recruit, where they fit as they move through some of the competition that they faced, because none of these stats are generated outside of context. If you have an elite quarterback versus a quarterback who is not even a viable college quarterback, that's going to make a difference in some of your volume stats, obviously. If you're playing with three future other first round draft picks, that is going to make a difference versus if you're the one guy out there by himself getting all of the volume. So we work through some of those types of things. And then we talk about a lot of the peripherals that are interesting and try and bring out little pieces that might help you understand a player better. The most fun nuggets, you know, this metric, that metric, where the guy really separates himself or what's the most relevant part of his profile. And so, you know, obviously you're trying to do it in a way that you would like to read it yourself. I think that these blurbs are pretty dense, which is helpful. So you don't have to read a bunch of unnecessary stuff and you can get through the guide at the same time. What is there is very information heavy. So anyway, that was the, that was the goal. Obviously listeners will be able to tell us whether or not that was achieved or not, but column, this was a lot of fun. And then with that, we have the prospect lab scores that Blair Andrews put together. And so you have a different angle. And then we have the top SIM scores from the box score scout that Curtis has pulled together. I really like, again, this idea of trying to understand the prospect from multiple angles and multiple angles that really give you insight, as opposed to trying to drill down to one thing and say, like, this is what is going to tell me if the guy is good. And so trying to avoid that certainty and pushing some guys way up our board and some guys way down our board and not having that full balance, not having the roundedness. I, I love what the guide does for you from that perspective in terms of, again, giving you these different pieces. And the other thing is just, it's fun. When you have the lab score, when you have the, the Sims, when you have the advanced stats and all of that, in one place, in one page, you know, with the player. It, it's a very quick way to do research that's also very entertaining and a lot of fun. And a lot of this is about fun, right? So I think the guy delivers on that. Again, you'll let us know. Colin, I wrote a piece last week talking about the running backs a little bit, talking about broken tackles. I used some of Blair's past research, pulled up these guys from the last five years. And one of the things that I wanted to point out to readers. And this is similar to this idea of having a well-rounded understanding of where we are with the individual prospects. But one of the things I wanted to really emphasize is that broken tackles is something that will help you find guys who are going to play, who are going to score fantasy points, who are going to be desired by decision makers. They're going to be people who are targeted in the drafts, but that also creates a huge amount of trap potential. And so some of these guys who became the trendiest players either in fantasy or with reality GMs are also the riskiest ones for you because you have to pay a certain price, right? You can't just pick some guy that you think 
is a lot of fun and play second or third round prices, draft him in the 18th round of best ball leagues. That's not the way that it works. You've got to pay what the market says. And when we look at these big tackle breaking guys from the past five years, four names really jump out. Najee Harris, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Zach Moss, David Montgomery. And it's not something where I want to point at those guys and look, these are terrible players. Only one of them has been a pure bust at the NFL level. Montgomery and Harris actually having very good years last year. Zach Moss, somebody who did a ton for the Colts and was a big zero RB guy in the first half of the season before Jonathan Taylor gets back and kind of mixes in there. These guys were able to stick in the league because they have taken that trait of breaking tackles to the NFL and they still do it. The problem that all three of those guys have is that they don't gain yards after they break tackles. And so they got to break a ton of tackles to accomplish much. We want to be aware of the potential trap elements of these guys as well. So we're balancing the idea that, yeah, these guys are going to be drafted. They're going to play. They're probably going to stick. The coach is going to look at someone like Anaji Harrison and be like, you know, his backup is way better. But look at that dude break tackles. He's like, I like the physicality. I like the macho-ness of it. You know, I think we can establish the run by Najee Harris running into the line, dancing around, breaking a tackle, falling on the ground. <laughs> Again, that's an exaggeration. I mean, Harris is a pretty good back, and I think in a different offense might be a very good back. But we want to balance these things. Column, I, I, I pause there because I'm looking at their name, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and I just I can't get over it. I can't get over it. It doesn't matter. The Chiefs win the Super is Bowl. He, is he the player that you were saying was the only clear bust? I'm trying to figure out if – is it? Column, don't mess with me. <laughs> we go into then the piece. And one of the things here that I also find interesting, I mentioned in the article – is that we have the broken tackles and we have the forced missed tackles. And I think the broken tackles tend to be the sexier stat and the one where like truly the back controls that. You have the forced missed tackles. Like there's nothing that's like that manly about running up to the defender and then running around him, right? Like run over him. Show you're the tougher guy. The forced missed tackles are actually more valuable to you as a fantasy drafter as they allow you to beat draft possession better than broken tackles do obviously the two things in concert can create a star for you we'll talk about that a little bit in a minute we're actually looking at the two pieces separately here so we can just drill down onto this particular stat come the other element that we want to emphasize here too is that broken tackles are not the end all and be all and that there is the potential to succeed if you have the right other mix of traits, even if that's a red flag for you, we got a couple of guys who were pretty successful fantasy players in 2023 who had some pretty huge issues with broken tackles, yards after contact, evasion rate. Those names that you're referring to, Sean, Rashad White and Isaiah Pacheco, players that we did focus on quite a number of times during the course of the season, both for various reasons pacheco for maybe his running style and the success that he was having at the the time but rashad white was somebody who like at college with some of the red flags that may have come in was very inefficient coming into the opening kind of four weeks or so the season and that really turned around and i guess they are both on the other side of the coin as to you know how sometimes these numbers players can still have success then when they when they enter the league and that's the thing that I really want to emphasize here and the reason why the different pieces make a difference because we end up getting a huge amount of focus on the trendy stats 
as you go through the draft process. And what we still tend to find and what the NFL GMs are going to emphasize is that it's the overall production and it's that running back lab score, even stripped of information like the broken tackle numbers, that's going to give you a sense of where that player really projects. And so when you get numbers like a 100 for Jonathan Taylor or a 98 for a Brees Hall or a 99 for a Leonard Fournette, Ezekiel Elliott, those types of players, you know those guys are going to go in and be huge fantasy weapons. Let's say Quan Barkley, for example. Again, thinking of names where, I mean, these guys, based on what they did in college, you have a, a 95 plus, a Christian McCaffrey, for example. Huge, huge running back prospect lab scores. You don't necessarily have to worry too much about the details there because the overall combination of youth, production, and athleticism gives you what you need from the running back position. And so when we had the prospect lab score in there as well. We have the Sims, which again, when you bring up guys like a Jonathan Taylor or a Brees Hall or a Saquon Barkley, that's a pretty good indication that you're going to be a star yourself. Now, Colin, one of the reasons why this class is so interesting and some of these peripherals are going to matter is that we don't have guys like that in this class. And one of the things that was so interesting about doing the rookie summit was this sort of debate about whether any running backs would land in the first round of Superflex rookie drafts. And I mean, that seems crazy to people. And it's one of the reasons that if you have Bijan Robinson in Dynasty, for example, and you're a little bit disappointed there and you're thinking there's a chance to get out, the offense is going to be better. You know, I'd like to take that piece and sell really high just from the perspective of it could still go poorly. You can get hurt. You can turn that piece into a lot of different guys. You know, if you can turn Robinson into three players who help you, that is a viable tactic. And yet you want to be aware of the fact that coming in this year is nothing. And it's not going to be nothing, but it's going to be a situation where the hits are going to be probably more on the level like a Tajay Spears, where maybe you have to wait a year and then you're looking into year two and you're like, I think it's there, but we still have a lot to prove. That makes the guys who are already on your roster, who are young, dynamic backs, it makes a Brees Hall more valuable. It makes a Bijan Robinson more valuable. It certainly boosts guys like A-Chan and Gibbs and even someone who is more middle of the career, has had some injury issues, was plagued by an offense last year. It makes a guy like Travis Etienne more interesting because we don't get a wave of stars this year. But Colin, what we do have is we have some guys who are really interesting. So we look at the numbers here in the article and on a per play basis, some of the guys who really pop are going to be like a Marshawn Lloyd, a Jalen Wright. And you're thinking, where is this combination of tackle breaking ability, overall dynamism, and then the trade-off there with the fact that you don't have the overall volume of production that a player with these peripherals really should have. And so that's a big red flag for you. You can go through, you can look at those guys. I obviously like the players who are very dynamic and who have demonstrated that at the collegiate level, especially if they have some athleticism, if they have some receiving upside, that's going to factor into it. But Colin, the guy that I wanted to focus on here to kind of close out this show is Bucky Irving. And he's somebody who 
has a lot of really interesting stuff in the guide. We talk about him averaging over 100 yards from scrimmage in both of his years at Oregon. He has this 1593-yard, 13-touchdown season as a junior. But the part that goes with that, when you're talking about a smaller player and you're talking about a player in an offense where the offense probably set them up to do a lot, and something that's just kind of vaguely interesting to me about where we are in this draft process so far. And again, as I said at the beginning, coming in with somewhat fresh eyes and from a non-CFB analyst perspective. But you have these four teams who were in the college football playoff, and then I think you could argue even Florida State, who a lot of controversy there in terms of them missing that playoff. Those five teams have a lot of prospects who are up in the draft, and when you look at their backgrounds, it feels like they're prospect status is being inflated by the team's success now the flip side of that is that in many cases you it's harder to generate all of the numbers if your team is so dominant that your teammates are cannibalizing some of the things you possibly would have been able to do for somebody else so anyway it's just something that you kind of note there but then you contrast that with oregon who might have been the best team in the country now certainly our great friend ben gretch is going to push back on that because his washington huskies defeated them twice in huge moments, the Oregon guys seem undervalued by contrast to what they actually did and what they put up numbers-wise on the enthusiasm surrounding them. And we look at Irving, and he's a smaller back, but the peripherals here are pretty crazy, right? He had more broken tackles with 34 than forced missed tackles, 29 in his final year. He had an evasion rate above 30 percent which is up there in the elite range anything over 30 you're talking about an uber prospect at least from the perspective again of breaking tackles you need to have the volume to go with it one of the things that's interesting about irving is that he did the only back in college football to go over 25 broken and 25 forced missed in each of the 22 and 23 seasons and then he also caught 87 passes in his final two years 56 in his final season alone and added 21 additional evaded tackles as a receiver right so when i see those numbers i'm like i'm gonna draft that dude in best ball until the cows come home basically every single draft until his price goes up one of the things we may find is maybe his price goes down and i'm not going to completely give this away but again one of the reasons that we have these other pieces in the guide is that when you look at the prospect lab score and you look at the sims for Irving, you do get a sense of why he's somewhat down the list, right? There are some red flags that pop up in these two other parts of the evaluation. Check out the guide to see what those are. It is very interesting. And one of the things I want to say too to subscribers, we're going to have a ton of content on the site. These two pieces, the guide and the site subscription, are going to be very complimentary as we go through this. We're going to have a ton of information out there. I'll have the force missed tackles article out in the near future we've got some new writers kevin's doing a fantastic job with his pieces he's been a long time ot listener obviously matt has continued to crank out you know so much good work blair and i are going to have stuff out curtis is going to have a lot of articles looking at how you can exploit these different types of things we know what curtis's track record is and background is in dynasty i don't know if it comes through Colin, but i'm pretty fired up for prospect season yeah, Sean, we can we can get it in the enthusiasm as Sean talks through just one 
prospect on today's show, but talking through his article as well, which I will link in today's show notes. And in that, lots of information around the different metrics that he is using, broken tackles, as he mentioned, stuff percentage, and, and much, much more involved in there. But the prospect lab, Sean mentioned at the start, you know, been doing this for a number of years, seventh uh, anniversary edition of the guide. So I think, Sean, we can say the best one yet. It keeps getting better every single year. So 98 player profiles. All the information we're talking about today, the player sims, the prospect scores, and Sean's individual thoughts on the players. Check it out. There will be three editions, as I mentioned, at the top of today's show, and you can get all of them for a total of $19.99. So well worth it. Link in today's show notes to check it out. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at over tomorrow. And my co-host, as always, Sean Siegel. Check out Sean's work on rotaviz.com and also in the Rotaviz Rookie Guide. But until we are back, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.